You're listening to On the Couch with Carly. Carly's couch is a safe space to talk. I'm a psychologist, but I'm not your pipe-smoking, tweed-wearing stereotype. Hello and welcome to On the Couch with Carly. I am very excited to talk to you again today. Last time we spoke just generally about why people come to therapy and I thought I would continue with trying to enlighten you about what therapy is like or what kinds of things can you expect from therapy. Um, I'm really hoping that this podcast will reach people who are potentially considering coming into therapy or who are not interested in therapy but think by listening to a podcast that'll be just as good. <laughs> and I hope to convince you that coming into therapy is much, 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 much more important than listening to this podcast, although you definitely need to carry on listening to this podcast. <laughs> Um, today, I want to talk to you about the backbone of therapy, and that is the concept of confidentiality. So one of the first things I say to anyone who comes through my door and sits on my couch is I say before we even start, you need to know everything you say today is confidential. And I feel like that really sets the tone for what sets this relationship apart from other relationships. You can talk to your friends and family about the things that are on your mind. But when you speak to a psychologist, one of the most important things that psychologists offer you is confidentiality. So that's really the topic of today's discussion. Um, you know, it's a weird thing coming to a psychologist. You, you've got something on your mind. You want to express something that's probably difficult for you, something that has been giving you troubles, you know, something that's that's distressing. And you've got to come and meet someone for the very first time and tell them that thing. That's kind of crazy. Like, I'm a perfect stranger to you. And I always feel like the one thing that can help you to do that is to be assured that what you say will not leave the room in which you discuss it with me. You know, the, there is something so meaningful about that. We really are the modern day priests. You know, we really do offer that kind of confessional space where something can be shared that is secret, that, that is private, that doesn't go any further than you, than you want it to go. You know, you can talk to your friends and family, but you know that there is always the chance that it is going to be spread. And I think that that really, impacts on how truthful and how um, much you are prepared to disclose. So let me talk a little bit about confidentiality in terms of what I can offer you as a, as, as a psychologist. So I always say to everybody that comes through my doors, I, I guarantee you confidentiality. That means that everything you say, everything I write down about you, that stays in this room. I literally leave my notes in my room, in a drawer. No one can, can access it. I've got my, my offices under lock and key. And the only people that can access it are the psychologists who are also bound by confidentiality. And when I say bound by confidentiality, we are ethically bound. We have, we, we have completed a, you know, 
a, a board exam where we were only provided our license because we understand the ethics of our profession. So if we break confidentiality, we are actually um, culpable to lose our license as as professionals. And that's really important. This is not just a little promise we, we give you. This is this is a big part of what of what upholds our profession and our discipline okay but i also always say to my clients there are limits to confidentiality and it's very important to know what those limits are so for example i always say you need to know ahead of time that there are going to be there are going to be moments where i cannot uh, guarantee you confidentiality and you need to know that ahead of time so that if it happens, it doesn't surprise you. Number one, I cannot let you harm yourself or others. I have to intervene. So if I know, if you come to me and you say to me, I am planning to go home and to take these pills and to kill myself, I am ethically responsible for your life at that point. I have literally the legal I, I am legally responsible for your life at that moment if it is found that you gave me this information and you went and killed yourself I will be responsible for your death I will literally be will be had up for culpable homicide so it's a very very serious thing so we take suicide threats very very seriously we always have to um really uh, investigate what you're thinking when you say such a thing. And if we believe that it's a serious potential action that you're going to take, we have to intervene. And what that might mean is disclosing something about what you've said in therapy. So, for example, I might have to call a hospital or call the police or call a friend of yours and I might have to say, I'm afraid this person has said these things to me in my office and we, in, we now have to take action. Now, that is a disclosure. That is breaking confidentiality. You, you are now um, having your confidentiality uh, disclosed. It's con your confidential information disclosed to someone. So that is breaking confidentiality. But I'm doing it for the benefit of your safety, of your life. Okay. And that's a very, very serious thing and I take it very seriously. So I always tell everybody beforehand, I'm here to listen and I will always keep your information private and I won't share it with anyone. But if I feel that you are in danger or you're about to harm yourself and you are not prepared to take responsibility for that, so say, I, say, I say to you, you have to go to a hospital and, and, and you know, admit yourself and you say no, then I, can, then I will disclose that information in order to get you the help you need. The, the other thing is if you are going to harm another person. So this is where this gets really tricky. I don't know if you've ever seen The Sopranos, but I don't really think that that was uh, correct, the way that psychologist knew about murders and she didn't really do anything about it. Like if you know someone's going to get hurt, you actually have to intervene. And this is quite a pertinent thing in South Africa because... Um, we have this huge rate of HIV. And it's actually something that we studied in our, in our board exam. It was like a specific question you had to answer. But there's a whole procedure involved um, 
if they tell you that they are HIV positive and are having unprotected sex, then you actually ethically should intervene because you know that someone someone's life is at risk then. And there's a whole procedure that you have to follow. So first and foremost, if something like that has if, if something like that happens, you have to first talk to your client about it. You have to explain the limits of confidentiality and you have to decide together how you're going to go forward. But the outcome has to involve mediating that danger or that harm to that other person. Um, and if that if the client is not prepared to um, concede or will not change their behavior and doesn't want to disclose themselves, you actually have the ethical responsibility as a psychologist to do the disclosing, to find that person and to to make an effort to show that that you know you are protecting their lives. It's very tricky stuff, and to be honest, I've never had to do it myself. But I always tell people this ahead of time so that they know that when I say I'm serious about confidentiality, I'm serious about confidentiality. There are real limits to it, but other than these limits, I'm going to be keeping all of your information safe and protected. Um, so the other big thing, it's not just whether you are um, harming yourself or others, but the other big, big thing that I have to always look out for is whether any of the information you um, reflect on in our sessions um, shares the the fact that a child is being hurt, abused, mistreated, neglected. Um, the, Ch- the Children's Act in South Africa is is very clear that we have to uphold um, and we have to protect the rights of children um, at all costs, basically. So when you come as an adult to my to my therapy room and I, and I help you and I think through your problems, even if you are struggling with the fact that you are abusing your child or that there's something going on that, you know, is really problematic, of course, I'm here to help you and to think through that. But I also have to protect the children that are at risk. And so it would be my duty to fill out a form, and there's a specific form that you have to fill out, that then will go to social services so that social services know to watch this family, to keep an eye on them, to keep an eye on the children and their well-being. Because if I don't do that, I'm not taking care of those children. I'm not being responsible for them. And that is my mandate. So I always tell people right at the beginning, before we even start talking, these are the these are the rules. I can offer you 100% confidentiality. However, if I hear that you are harming yourself or others, or if I suspect a child is being harmed, it doesn't have to be that the client is harming the child. Even if they they know of another person um, who's harming the child, I have to I have to take action about that because. I'm responsible for children above all else. And, and I think that's quite a good thing. But it can result in some tricky situations with clients. Um, and, and I have dealt with that in the past. So I have actually experienced having to contact social services and, you know, get a, a, a social worker to go have a look at a family who I think is in trouble. And it's a tricky thing, um, but one that I do take very, very seriously. So the other major way that confidentiality may be 
um, breached in the therapy process is that it doesn't happen often, but it has happened and it can happen that if you as the client go into some kind of court process, so if you commit a criminal offense or maybe even if you get a divorce and your, um, your, your character is called into question, it has been known that a lawyer can ask for the, the case files of the psychologist to be subpoenaed, to be used as evidence in the court of law. And although you can actually refuse to provide those to, um, to lawyers, if you, if you, you know, you really can stand your ground and say, no, I'm afraid these are confidential and I can't, because that is possible. But sometimes the judge will overrule and say that it actually is necessary to, to, provide those documents. And so although this has never happened to me, and I actually don't know of anyone who it's happened to, um, we've just told that it is a possibility that your notes can be subpoenaed. And so it's actually quite crazy, but we have to keep all our notes of all our clients. um, Because in case something comes up at a later stage, it can actually be very helpful. So, you know, some clients may actually ask us to um, disclose their client notes if they feel it could um, assist their case. And, you know, at the end of the day, the client has the, has the only, it's, it's only them who can consent to you disclosing that information. So if, I, if a client asked me if they could use my, my, my process notes for, um, for legal purposes, I would have to get a consent form that they would then have to sign and, you know, provide written consent so that my notes can be used. Because if, it, if it's not for the client's consent, there's no way that I will hand it over um, unless a judge forces me to. So those are the, those are the limitations of confidentiality, which, which for me kind of just entrenches what a serious, serious thing confidentiality is and how important it is to therapy. I think it is so, so important. It really is the backbone of our work. It, it, it provides the, the kind of grounding, it, it provides the framework um, on which all of the work that we do kind of is built upon. And, you know, I think if you just think about why, why confidentiality is so important for a client, you know, I think, as I said before, you're coming to this perfect stranger with your deepest, darkest material, you know, all the stuff that you kind of don't want to tell anyone else, um, hence why you're speaking to this stranger. And I think the fact that you offer, that, that you're offered this private, safe, confidential space really does it really does aid the sense of safety and, and, and it reassures you that, that this kind of stuff that you don't really want people to know about is not going to go anywhere and it's going to be safe and it's going to be protected. The thing about confidentiality is it, is it makes my job really weird. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, it's, it's not many jobs out there that you can't talk to about anyone else. And, and that's what's so crazy about the work that I do. You know, um, I love my job and I think I've got the, the great privilege of listening to people's stories and, and sharing their pain and, and trying to be with them and, and work through difficult moments. But I can't go back at the end of the day and tell anyone about how hard my day was or what was the content of my day. I can't ever explain to someone why I'm feeling tired at the end of the day. I feel quite okay with holding on to people's 
private information. Like it's not something that I struggle with. I've, I think I've learned and kind of honed my skills over the years that now it's something that I, I can hold in the moment. And then when I leave the office, I generally leave it behind and I go back home and I'm, I'm, I'm not carrying everybody's stories around with me. I think that would be way too much of a heavy load. But every now and again, you have a bit of a bad day, like everybody does, has a bad day in the office. And it can be a bit frustrating and it is definitely a bit alienating and a bit lonely that you can't come home and, and express to someone exactly what happened. Um, the thing is, though, that I do have a clinical supervisor and... Um, my supervisor really helps me a lot with that. So um, I, I take some material to her, the difficult material that I have to work through. And she, as a psychologist herself, is also bound by confidentiality. So it's ethical for me to share with her this, these clients, uh, my clients' information, because she also would not share it with anyone else. And together we can think through the client's problems um you know two heads better than one that kind of thing and it's really helpful it's really nice to have someone who's more senior who has you know a lot more experience who's well read who understands kind of she just understands the stuff and also has the perspective you know she's not in it with me and um and so she really gives me this ama the amazing support that I need. Um, psychologists should also be in their own therapy, mostly just so that there's someone else thinking about their needs and their th feelings and their their stuff, you know, so that, you know, we are not bringing our stuff into the room with us. You know, it's so easy in therapy to to get caught up in the emotions of a, of a process. And um, I'll get into this a little bit more when I talk about this in a later episode, but really... As I said in the in the first episode, the work that I do, I think of it as being from a p relational perspective. So that means I believe that you and I are in the room together and we're forming a relationship. And so how I feel about you and how you feel about me is just as important as how you feel about your mother or your father or anyone else that you speak about in, in the session. Um, you know, it's this relationship that we can also... Uh, used to make sense of you and, and make sense of your world. And so I'm here, I'm in this, this relationship with you. And sometimes clients say things that trigger you, you know, that make you feel a certain way. And it's really important that you doing your own work privately and you've got your own support and your own therapeutic process that you can kind of fall back on to help you um, make sense of what's going on for you. And I think personal therapy really helps with that. So I always suggest for therapists that they should be in their own therapy process as, as, as much as possible. And then supervision as well is great. And, they, and then you can also do peer supervision, which is great. You can um, talk to other psychologists about your work. You know, anyone who's a psychologist is bound by confidentiality. So you can reflect on um, clients with them in a more, you know, you can disclose more to them. I wouldn't necessarily still disclose details because I, I'm very, very private about my client information and I actually don't like sharing client information even with other psychologists that I may meet. Um, but if you're in a peer supervision process where everybody signs confidentiality agreements, you can, you know, use that case to speak speak a little bit to, your, to what you're dealing with. If you're in some kind of academic process, then you... Um, can disclose some information but not others. So you might speak about 41-year-old male and you might speak about in an accounting firm rather than saying his name and saying he works for 
whatever company I can't think of an accounting firm's name right now. Um, so so yeah, so there there are ways to talk about the work with other professionals, but it's it's not the same as if you know, like you know the person that you you're having like a, a discussion with your partner or your friend or your parent. You know, then you would. I think usually if you in a normal job, you would come home and you would use people's names and you would speak about the intricate details of what went on. You know, he said this and then she said that and, blah, 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 and that's why I'm so upset, whereas you can't do that with this work. And so it is, it's a bizarre thing that I work with people and I and I and and nobody knows what we talk about. Um, but it's cool. I think it's the most important thing that I can offer you as a client is that this information is 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 not shared with anyone and that and that you really um you're guaranteed this private confidential space um i would say the 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 most tricky uh, the the the, tr- the times when it's the trickiest to be to be quiet about who you're working with is if you're working with a celebrity or yeah someone who's famous or someone who um yeah, that other people know or is in in the popular media or something. And I have had that once or twice. And it's funny because, you know, there's times where you just want to, you know, that something will come up and you'll, you'll like have the urge to go like, oh, and you just can't, you know. And it, in a way, it's kind of cool. You've got this like private relationship with someone that everybody else thinks they know and you know something, but you can't tell them. And, and yeah, it, it's, it's kind of cool and kind of challenging. So that's really kind of all I want to say about confidentiality today. Uh, just introducing this concept, I thought it would be interesting as a way of kind of introducing the idea of therapy and, and how it's different from another relationship. Um, I would like to talk more about the different aspects of therapy as we go forward and talk about my approach and how I think about therapy and people and emotions and just, just the what the fuck of life. Um, so please stay tuned and, um, you know, you're welcome to continue the conversation with me. So I'm happy for questions or comments after you've listened to this you're welcome to go on to my facebook or my instagram um, or even my blog or my website and email me directly um, basically the podcast is on the couch with carly and that's also the hashtag so that's also my instagram handle that's also my facebook page so hashtag on the couch with carly you can also email me info at on the couch with carly or carly at on the couch with carly um, yeah, I'd love to hear from you and to hear what you're thinking and what of this is interesting or relevant to you or what of, what of it would you like to have more about? You know, maybe you, you're interested in a particular aspect that I just glided over and you, you want to know more about that. So that's all for today. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode of On the Couch with Carly. Catch you on the couch next time. This podcast is recorded at Edible Audio in Cape Town, South Africa. Edited by Edible Audio. Original music by Alex Smiley.